From the world-famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Daniel Sellerson. D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra. Yeah. And the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Daniel Salerson. Hello, friends, and welcome into the Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Salerson, and I'm sure everyone is excited that we are getting closer to the weekend. And now, we are just hours away from Game 1 of the NBA Finals between the Spurs and the Heat. David Wesley and Sean Devaney from the Sporting News did a great job previewing the finals yesterday, and we're going to continue that coverage today with David's partner, Joel Myers, and Pelicans.com writer, Jim Eichenhofer. Jim will be gracing me with his presence in Studio B to talk mostly about the Pelicans player development program this offseason, and I'll sneak in some NBA Finals talk as well. Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Finals is in the books, and the Kings of LA come back again and take down the New York Rangers in overtime 3-2, to take a 1-0 series lead. So now is when it gets good. We have Stanley Cup Finals and NBA Finals alternating almost every day. So if you're a sports fan, like me, you're in pretty good shape. The Saints will continue OTAs today, and some players and coaches will meet with the media following the workouts. And of course, you can watch all the interviews on NewOrleansSaints.com. And if you miss any of them, no worries, because John DeShazer, who is hosting tomorrow's show, will play some of those interviews for you. Today, we focus on basketball, so let's get started with some NBA Finals talk. Coming up next, Pelicans TV play-by-play announcer Joel Myers. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Y'all ready for something spicy? Play mud books from the lottery. You can win up to $2,000. This is how we do it. Spice up your day with mud bucks. Went up to $2,000. Must be at least 21 to purchase. The body's just getting started, y'all. Are you ready for mud bucks? Here we go. Pick up mud bucks today. That's how we do it down here. All Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Punt, pass, kick, and dunk. Lob to the rim, alley-oop dunk, Anthony Davis. This is the Black and Blue Report. Well, we had Pelicans TV analyst David Wesley on the show yesterday to break down the NBA Finals, and now it's time to hear what his partner has to say about the big series. Pelicans TV play-by-play announcer Joel Myers joins me on the telephone. Joel, happy NBA Finals Day to you, my friend. It is finally here, and it's great because it has been such a good playoff run, and especially the first round. We were kind of let down, weren't we, a little bit in the second round, but the, the first round was amazing. Yes, with five was. game sevens that one weekend, Daniel. So we've been spoiled. I hate to see it come to an end, I'll tell you that. I know. I'm excited. Joel, the Spurs are making their sixth finals appearance since 1999. The Heat are playing their fourth straight. 
And after last year's finals, I think this one is going to be more exciting. What do you think? Well, the Spurs are a team on a mission. There's no question about that. And we also, the nice part of it for Miami is, you know, we get our first rematch since the 1998 season when Michael Jordan and the Bulls faced Carl Malone and John Stockton and then Jerry Sloan's Jazz uh, for a second consecutive time. And, of course, Jordan and those guys prevailed, and they completed the three-peat, which is what Miami is trying to do as the two-time defending champion. So, you know, for history purposes, it's good to see these two teams get together again. I think it's, I don't know how David felt about it, but I think everybody was wishing that these two teams got together once again. And it wasn't putting down Oklahoma City, but it was more like want to see San Antonio get back there after what happened to them last year. Absolutely. Now, uh, part of that Spurs team, Tony Parker, says he's ready to go. Greg Popovich says he's fine. But are the Spurs a championship team? Uh, can they win it this uh, week without Parker being 100%? It's going to be difficult uh, because behind him, as well as Patty Mills has played and some of the others, uh, there's a decided drop-off. So if the left ankle is not sound for Tony Parker, that is a huge blow for the San Antonio Spurs because in the individual matchup, if you just break it down point by point and position by position, Tony Parker against Mario Chalmers, big advantage for the San Antonio Spurs at the lead guard spot. Of course, we know how good LeBron James is and what he brings to the table, best player in the world, but Dwayne Wade is healthy and averaging almost three more points per game this postseason compared to last season. Is he the X factor for Miami to win their third straight title? Well, I think you're going to see what you got out of Wade in the previous series. So uh, to me, the as much as Wade is a huge factor, I think the X factor is actually Chris Bosh. Wade played only 54 games they, they sat him in all those back-to-back so he missed 28 games and it really paid off you know he's averaging 19 points on 52 percent shooting so it, he is big for them he'll be their second leading scorer for the most part but what they get out of Chris Bosh the way he's going to try to pull Tim Duncan away from the basket because Chris Bosh so far has hit 41 percent of his three-pointers in the postseason and it's very rare when he's around the basket uh, or even taking shots inside the arc. When he takes the 15 to 17 footer, he's usually money. But for some reason, he has fallen in love with the three. So Chris Bosch, to me, is a huge factor. And LeBron and, and Wade, I think we have a pretty good idea of what we're going to get out of those two going in, especially LeBron. LeBron's been amazing throughout the postseason again. So you mentioned Bosch, and uh, how do the Spurs go about guarding Bosch uh, when they stretch the floor? And on the flip side, how do you go about stopping Tim Duncan? It seemed like at the end of that series with the Thunder, Tim Duncan had a pretty uh, easy time against Sergi Bach and figured out how to get by him. Well, they may switch splitter at times defensively and let splitter go out to the line to keep up with Bosch. If they start splitter, and I, I think they're going to start splitter, I don't think they'll go small and do the Bonner lineup. They went small because of the matchup with Oklahoma City. Uh, it looks like they'd like to see if Miami is going to try to match up with them with splitter, at least at the start of the series. So you don't have to run Duncan all the time to the three-point line. They can tag team on Bosch. And then Duncan has a real advantage in the post against whoever is going to guard him. So they may have to start Haslam occasionally, uh, Miami, for matchup purposes because Bosch should not be able to handle Duncan on the block. And, well, are you going to give more minutes to Chris Anderson? They should, because Anderson's their best source at both ends of the floor as a protector of the rim and a defender. So it's 
God, it's a great chess game going in on matchups and who's going to try to stay strong and big like San Antonio would like to with Splitter and Duncan in the starting five, or are they going to have to go small like they did in the Oklahoma City series and prevail that way? We're talking with Joel Myers, the TV voice of the New Orleans Pelicans. You all, you can also hear him during the finals on Sirius XM, NBA Radio, Channel 217. We'll get into that in just a second. So in my opinion, the Heat have the better starting lineup with the big three, but the Spurs, I think, are a deeper team. So in your opinion, who has the upper hand, whether it's the Heat starting lineup or the Spurs depth? Well, I actually give three of the spots on the floor to San Antonio in the starting lineup. Okay. I give Parker over Chalmers. Uh, Danny Green against Wade Heat, advantage there, Miami. Obviously, LeBron against anybody in the world, he's going to have an advantage. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to splitter, is it going to be Haslam? Is it going to be Richard Lewis? There's an edge there for San Antonio. And then Duncan against Bosch or whoever it might be, uh, Haslam, Anderson, edge to a Hall of Famer in Tim Duncan. And then the bench, there is no consideration. Ginobili, Diaw, Mills, Bellinelli, Bonner, if he's coming off the bench, uh, huge, huge advantage for the highest-scoring bench in the NBA. And, and remember, to me, you talked about an X-factor. The X-factor for San Antonio is Boris Diaw. Boris Diaw is playing the best basketball of his career since he was a member of the Phoenix Suns. And they got to the Western Conference Finals where they were beaten by the San Antonio Spurs. And they had those back-to-back runs in 06 and 07 with Steve Nash leading the way when he was an MVP. So Boris Diaw, to me is the X factor for San Antonio. He has played that well. He is really in good shape. Uh, every season he comes in, he's a guy from Bordeaux, and he looks like he's enjoyed his offseason. Mm-hmm. Yes. So uh, <laughs> Boris Diaw is playing exceptional basketball right now. And even Greg Popovich said he's still learning how to use him because he is such a great point forward. And that, that's the way he came into the league with the Atlanta Hawks before he was sent in the Joe Johnson deal to the Phoenix Suns. Mm-hmm. So Boris Diaw right now to me, is the difference maker for San Antonio. Now, the format this year has changed. It's now 2-2-1-1-1. The last 30 years or so, it's been 2-3-2. Do you, do you think that makes a big difference, or should we not be really worried about that? Huge. Absolutely huge. San Antonio wasn't their holy grail to get uh, the number one seed in the West or the best record of the NBA, as we saw, because once again, Greg Popovich sat his guys frequently, mm-hmm. his starters, and managed their minutes. Nobody played more than 30 minutes a game, and that was Tony Parker. So uh, it's huge for San Antonio to have Game 7 at home. I know they'd like to finish it in 6. They'd love to win it in Miami, uh, and probably even in 5, but I don't know if that's going to be accomplished because Miami is so strong now, and they've got key components, whether it's Battier or other guys that play and and fill nice roles for them. But uh, it'd be... uh, big one for San Antonio if they could win it on Miami's home floor. Very similar to when the Lakers in 1984 kind of gave it away to the Celtics and they felt at least like San Antonio did last year that they should have won it. And last year, don't forget if Kawhi Leonard and Manu Ginobili in the last 28 seconds don't go two for four from the free throw line, we're talking about San Antonio as a defending champion. Mm -hmm. So remember, the 84 uh, playoffs and the finals with the Boston Celtics the Lakers felt like it was theirs, and they gave it away. San Antonio's got to feel the same way. And remember, in 85, not only did the Lakers win, but they won it in six, and they won it on the home floor of the Boston Celtics. All right, so before I let you go, if you, you can give me a prediction if you want. I don't know if you want to, but if not, how about a key for each team uh, to win the series? Well, I, I like San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not objective uh, when it comes to the Western Conference. 
although I still think the Pelicans <laughs> should be in the Eastern Conference for travel purposes and making it easier all the way around because of the teams around the Pelicans, whether it's Miami, Orlando, uh, Atlanta, we could get up and down the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I am partial still to the Western Conference. It's a better brand of basketball. It's a tougher conference. Miami's had a much easier way through right. to get to the finals, only 15 games. San Antonio in six or seven games. And I uh, just... The bench, to me, is an edge for San Antonio, Ginobili. But Boris Diaw has been playing an unbelievable basketball for San Antonio. It was big in the last two series after a slow start for everybody in San Antonio in the Dallas series. And Danny Green has picked it up. Uh, Danny Green's hitting 48% of his threes, and he was a no-show in the first few games of the Dallas seven-game series in that first round. So without a doubt, in my opinion, San Antonio, a team on a mission. All right, it's going to be a good one. And uh, Joel, before I let you go, um, you're going to be on Sirius XM NBA Radio 217. What is your involvement in the NBA Finals for that channel? Well, I'll be till starting today. It'll be a preview show we're going to do 90 minutes before and then post every game. As soon as the game is over, we are live on Sirius XM NBA Radio. We'll break it down. Uh, we'll have some guests, but we'll take a lot of phone calls, and we will break down every game at the NBA Finals. Good stuff. That's Joel Myers, television voice for the New Orleans Pelicans. And again, you can hear him on Sirius XM NBA Radio 217. Joel, for thanks for talking hoops and uh, enjoy the finals starting tonight. All right, Daniel. Hope it goes all the way to at least six or seven for all of us that don't want it to end this season. Right. I'm going to go through withdrawals once basketball's done. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> when we come back, we'll focus on the Pelicans as Jim Eichenhofer stops by Studio B to talk about the Pelicans player development program. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Here's a valuable lesson I've learned as an Intergy customer. Saving energy saves you money. And the online videos at EntergySavings.com show you how. A few simple projects can make a big difference in your bill. In just a few hours, I knocked my monthly bill down by 20%. It was easy. From caulking windows to programming your thermostat, the Intergy videos walk you through it. Visit EntergySavings.com and start saving today. That's the power of people. Intergy. Your Pelicans, led by all-star Anthony Davis, are on their way to becoming playoff contenders, and you'll want to be there to witness it. Newly released seat locations will be available for the public to check out for the first time at our Select-A-Seat event on Saturday, June 14th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Smoothie King Center. Ticket packages start as low as $150. Visit pelicans.com or call 504-525-HOPE for more info and take flight with your New Orleans Pelicans. This is Pelicans forward Ryan Anderson, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Joining me now in Studio B is Pelicans.com writer, senior writer, senior chief, chief, whatever you want to call him. He is the writer for Pelicans.com. Jim Eichenhofer joins me now, and uh, also I forgot all-around good guy. Does that basically sum up uh, you there, Jim? I think that covers most of it. I mean, some of it might not be completely true, but... I'll, I'll take it. I'll take that description. Which part's not true? The writing for Pelicans.com <laughs> or the all-around good guy? The all-around good guy thing is a little, is a stretch maybe, but. All right. Well, Jim is fresh off some vacation, so he's well-rested, ready to go, but he's not done writing articles on Monday. A piece he wrote came out on the Pelicans player development program. For those who haven't read it yet, one, shame on you. Two, can you just give us a little description about what it was about? Sure. Basically, it it, it kind of described the 
as you mentioned, the player development program, which the team views as a really crucial part of what um, the basketball operations staff does. Obviously, in the summer, you have this pretty lengthy stretch of time where the players are off somewhat on their own. They're not. You can't require players to be here, so that's part of the NBA rules. So basically, in the summer, the the portion of it is each of the players are given a kind of a plan for what they are expected to do or what what they should do to improve themselves as a, as players coming back into next season. And um, basically what I wrote on Monday was kind of an overview describing, you know, how the program works. Um, long story short, I think one of the biggest, biggest aspects of it is that each of the five assistant coaches are, are they're, they're kind of given three, three or four players that they're each assigned to and throughout the year and the off season, they focus on each of those guys. So um, you'll what you're going to start seeing over the next week, it's already started actually, is um, the assistant coaches talking specifically about the, the players that they, they're working with as far as what they need to um, work on. Um, so that's, that's basically the overview of what, of what Monday's article was. So in that article, I read, I read all of it, but uh, one of the things I noticed was you wrote about Quincy Pondexter and how at first he was a little disgruntled, really didn't care for it, but then out of the blue, he texted Monty, what, almost a year later, telling him mm-hmm. how he really helped him, how he appreciated it. The word around now, it seems like, is the Pelicans' player development program is really important and that it's grabbing players' attentions, which also could help us in free agency and stuff like that. Yeah, I thought the Quincy Pondexter anecdote that you mentioned was interesting because I think sometimes people or, or fans are confused when they when they see a player leave and the, maybe the player you know, had some hard feelings for the coaches or whatever. There's actually been a few instances that I've heard of and just from talking to some of the guys that used to play here where – you know, Monty is a very tough coach. He's he's not one of those guys that's going to just always coddle you and always tell you, you know, what you want to hear. So I think there's been a, a lot of cases, including with Quincy, where while he was here, he I'm sure his attitude sometimes, especially being a rookie and not really being that familiar with how the NBA works, that he was like, man, this guy is so tough on me. I, he, I feel like he's, he's like riding me all the time. But when he left and went to Memphis, he – he kind of looked back on it and realized that a lot of the stuff that Monty was telling him and even maybe Monty's attitude towards him was all beneficial. So I think there's been several instances of, of guys that have left and they, when they look back on their time here, they realize that even though there may have been some times where they weren't the happiest because, you know, it's just like a teacher or a parent that's always, you know, being uh trying to motivate you you don't always like it but when you look back on it you um you you realize that it was good for you one of the guys that is working out right now or at least lifting weights and shooting is anthony davis to see your top player your leader and also one of the youngest guys on a team already working out and getting ready for next season how encouraging is it for the fans and also for other players to see that anthony the guy that you know has skills already, but of course is still trying to work as hard as he can to get better and better every day, is already here in June working out. Well, I think it's huge because um, I think one of the examples from one of the teams that that, uh, people here are obviously familiar with because we have quite a few people in basketball operations that came from San Antonio is um, when you have your your top players who have 
huge work ethic and are committed to, you know, doing everything they can to get better. It's really impossible for the other guys to, to slack off when, if you're, you know, the 10th man on any NBA team and you see your best player coming in early in the summer, you know, constantly being here, constantly doing everything he can to improve. I think it sets an example that it makes it such that you have so many of the role players on the team and other guys that realize that they have to kind of, you know, fall in line. And I think people talk about that all the time with the Spurs, that Tim Duncan has a great attitude. He has a great relationship with um, Greg Popovich, and he's always doing the right thing. He's never never once in his entire career have you ever heard anything, any incidents or anything where he was complaining about the coaching or wanted this guy gone or whatever. And I think it's it's that same kind of situation where if the lead – player on the team has a good attitude and does everything he's supposed to do I think everyone else kind of does the same thing I think um, Drew Brees is probably a good example of that with the Saints you know right right across from us here that people say that about him all the time that that uh, the way he conducts himself kind of sets the tone for everybody else we're talking with Jim Eichenhofer writer for pelicans.com and um, a lot of people say you know it starts from the top from management from coaches and you look at these assistant coaches like you mentioned you wrote an article yesterday came out assistant coach Kevin Hansen what his responsibilities are I believe most of them are with the bigs um, so working with Anthony working guys like Jeff Withy so you said they're assigned certain players but what else are the assistant coaches role um, as far as these player development programs well I mean some of it's a lot of it's basketball obviously but there's also um, an aspect of it that Monty talks about where they they kind of serve as mentors for the players it's not just a on the court thing um Monty actually I'm, I'm sure some of the fans have, have seen this maybe before on NBA TV videos and stuff like that that he spends a decent amount of time talking about off the court stuff like he'll even bring up maybe a political issue or something like that that's in the current events in the news and I think that's another aspect of it that is important for the assistant coaches with working with the players is that it's not just about basketball. It's also important for them to be maybe a little bit more well-rounded and not get just, you know, confined to this, this tunnel of that you're an NBA player and that there's nothing else going on in the world. All right. So what else should we look out for coming up on pelicans.com in the near future? Um, Right now there's going to be over the next uh, week or so is like I mentioned is going to be, basically just going through with all the assistant coaches of of um them breaking down what each player needs to improve um a little bit further down the road um I'm looking forward to summer league in Las Vegas which um starts July 11th and um we should be getting the schedule for that pretty soon so um but uh this year the team will be practicing here so in the like three or four days before um whenever the team's opener is, it'll probably be, it'll most likely be their July 11th or July 12th. Um, the summer league team will be practicing here. So, um, and right after the draft, they'll be, they'll be finalizing the summer league roster. So we'll have coverage of that as far as like who's on the team and, and what some of the goals are. So there'll be a lot of, uh, summer league coverage coming up in the next few weeks. Now, I can't let you go without mentioning the NBA Finals. They start tonight, Game 1, Spurs and Miami Heat. I don't know if you want to give your prediction, but how about maybe some keys or what you're expecting in this series? Um, I think one of the keys to me is the benches. I think the Spurs 
have been so impressive with their depth. Miami maybe hasn't necessarily, you know, relied on as many guys as the Spurs have. Um, I know Tony Parker's seem to be seems to be banged up a little bit. I'm a little concerned about him, especially since he's had a couple instances this already in the playoffs where he's had to be sidelined. But um, the Spurs uh, with Patty Mills and and Joseph, they seem like they have guys that can step in. Obviously, you don't want to see Tony Parker miss any time at all because that's he's probably their best player. But um, I think the the bench is definitely a key, and um, one of the matchups I'm looking forward to watching. I think everybody's is is looking forward to is is um, LeBron versus Kawhi Leonard. He's yep. Kawhi Leonard has definitely just been such an impressive guy that he's so early in his career he's already been you know an immense contributor to the Spurs and um, he's he's been great to watch in the playoffs this year. So not that it, not that anyone's expecting him to shut down LeBron or or anything like that, but um, it's just a great matchup to to watch those two guys play. Some of the dunks he had against the Thunder. Oh, yeah, on. and I think um, the play that stands out to me that was amazing was in overtime of Game Six. Westbrook is coming down on a fast break, and he's going full speed ahead the way he he always does, where he's just so aggressive. Doesn't you know? Just puts his head down, and Kawhi Leonard just strips the ball right, takes take the ball right out of his hands. It was incredible. It was one of the best defensive plays in the playoffs in in a crucial situation I've seen in a long time. I know some people always think, all right, when the Spurs are in the finals or whatever, no one wants to watch. It's boring basketball. They haven't been boring for a long time. This is a very exciting team. They moved the ball around. And again, another rematch against the Heat. We saw how it was last year. Should be a really good finals. Two of those guys in the finals, you actually wrote articles about in Hoop Magazine. The May-June edition is out now. Marco Bellinelli, Ray Allen. Um, just talk about those two guys. You got to talk to them before Pelicans games this season. And you noticed something about Ray Allen, or at least how, what his story is about. Uh, how was it interviewing him? Ray Allen has always been one of those guys that has impressed me, and I'm sure impressed tons of fans that have seen him interviewed and just listened to him talk about his career. The thing that stood out to me about talking to him, I, I talked to him before the the March game that the Heat played here that was actually um, ended up being probably the Pelicans' best win of the season. But um, – I only got to talk to him for, you know, maybe six or seven minutes. The Heat PR guys told me, you know, it's probably going to be a limited amount of time. But um, in just that amount of time, it, it honestly was one of the best interviews I've ever seen before. He he was just so insightful. He talked about so many different aspects of his career in a short amount of time and just was um, just gave such a really good perspective. I, I hope people – if they get a chance to see the article, they they check it out. And I think it turned out to be a really good article, but it honestly wasn't because of the writer at all. It was just, it was one of those interviews where when I was done with it, I was like, this this it's impossible for this to not be a good article because of the, the stuff that he gave me. I mean, it was just all him. It was it was I was really happy with with how the article turned out, and and it was just really cool to see um, an interview like that in such a short period of time be mm -hmm. so beneficial to what I was trying to write. So. Did, did he talk about maybe remaking He Got Game or like He Got Game 2? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's he's a little older now. I don't know if he could he could uh he'd have to switch roles like maybe be maybe he he could have his son be the the okay. high school prospect coming up, but um but yeah, we didn't get into that at all, but uh that wasn't on top of the list. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was I think maybe if the interview had gone to somewhere to between 
30 and 40 minutes, okay. maybe I could have fit that in. But, yeah, I had a just a short amount of time to talk to him. Hey, we're free if they want to remake a He Got Game or something like that. <laughs> Have you seen us at Elmwood? We can ball, yeah, right? Oh, yeah. We're we're dangerous on the court. Jim's like a Ray Allen. He shoots the corner threes pretty well. <laughs> so um, be on the lookout for Jim's article, Hoop Magazine, the May-June edition, with an interview with Ray Allen and former Hornet Pelican Marco Bellinelli. And then also uh, stay tuned. Uh, follow Jim on Twitter at Jim underscore I can offer, correct? That's correct. For all his latest and insightful tweets. And um, also you can check out his work again, pelicans.com, uh, later on this week or next week, too. His uh, assistant coach uh, articles will be up on the player development program. So, Jim, uh, thanks for stopping by Studio B. Thanks for having me. When we come back, I'll wrap things up on the Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Hey there. What you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. Nicotine? Listen, I'm going to hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. Okay, you've just been told you have a serious heart issue. Congestive heart failure, a valve problem, a complex rhythm disorder. Now what? At Auctioner, we suggest you take a moment and do some research. When you do, you'll find Auctioner Medical Center has the only heart program in the region ranked among the nation's best by U.S. News & World Report. We routinely treat the most complex cases with revolutionary procedures such as surgical and non-surgical valve replacements and the total artificial heart. And we have the largest, most comprehensive program for treating arrhythmias in the Gulf South, offering options not available elsewhere in the region. At the end of the day, the most important thing to hear is... I just saw your test results, and they look great. No problems. Leading Edge Care. Just one more reason to choose an Auctioner-affiliated physician. For an appointment, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. Pelicans.com and NewOrleansSaints.com. Your first stop when following your teams. It's always nice to talk Pelicans basketball in the offseason, and thanks to Jim Eichenhofer for stepping into Studio B to talk about the Pelicans offseason player development program. Don't forget to read Jim's articles that will be coming out on Pelicans.com, and you can follow him at Jim underscore Eichenhofer. I'm not as cool as Jim, but you can follow me at D Salerson, and you can follow the show at Black Blue Report. Also, a big thanks to Joel Myers for helping me preview the NBA Finals, which starts tonight, 8 p.m. Central Time on ABC. Tomorrow's show will be all about the New Orleans Saints. John DeShazer will fill in as the host, as we'll have plenty of Saints sound to go over from the players and coaches' media sessions following today's OTAs. Some scheduling notes about the show. Tomorrow will be our last show for a little bit. We are going to take a summer hiatus and we'll be back on July 21st live from the Greenbrier in West Virginia 
where the Saints will be at training camp. So that means today is my last show hosting for a while. I hope everyone enjoyed it, and I appreciate you listening to the podcast. Sean Kelly will be back hosting once we are back from our hiatus, as we'll start another year of the Black and Blue Report covering your Saints and Pelicans. Feel free to let us know if you want certain guests to come on or what you want to hear on the show. You can do that by tweeting the show at Black Blue Report, at Sean Kelly Live, or myself at D Salerson. You can also email us radio at pelicans.com. So that'll do it for me on the Thursday edition of the show. John the Shazer is hosting tomorrow. I'm Daniel Salerson, and I'll catch up with you guys on July 21st. And until then, have a great summer. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.